You're listening to The Big Show with George Russick and Matty Rose on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour number two. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. At the bottom of the hour, we'll tell you why you probably shouldn't boo Johnny Goudreau tonight. We'll do that. You got an interesting Bo Bichette clip you want to play? Yep. And something I really wanted to talk about in the game against the Blues that we'll get to at 7.30 that jogged my memory last night. And it's such an innocuous play, but I still want to talk about it. Uh, But there's so much going on right now in the National Football League to talk about it. NFL analyst for CBS Sports, the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Westwood One. Mr. Ross Tucker brought to you by Tom's House of Pizza. Pizza made to perfection with locations in Calgary and Okotoks. Good morning, sir. How are you? Awesome. How are you guys doing? Good. Did you have a did you have an egg McMuffin this morning or no? I did not. No, I those are like treats for me. Okay. I you know what I mean? Like I I try to eat pretty healthy during the week because you know, I want to enjoy myself. Like Sunday I'll be on the sideline in Baltimore and I want to be able to eat whatever they have there and it's a struggle. Like hmm. when you're a former offensive lineman, it was not hard for me to weigh three twenty. So it is hard for me to try to battle to stay under two fifty. Were you like on a Michael Phelps diet when you played in the NFL? Like, cause he ate allegedly like 10,000 calories a day. Like what was your calorie intake when you played in the league? Well, I don't know that other than, um, you know, this, you guys will find this interesting. So we'll see starting in ninth grade. Yep. What's that? No, I said, we'll see. But anyway, I'm just, I'm just busting your job. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you, George. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, all right, so I ate the most between high school and my rookie year in the NFL. But when I tell you guys, like ninth grade, I was five foot nine, 160 pounds. What do you guys use? Do you guys use uh, inches and, and pounds? What do you guys use up there? Yeah, no, no, like for height, nobody says I'm 180 centimeters here, Ross. Nobody does that. Pounds and uh, inches and feet is, I think it, that's universal in North America. Nobody says, okay, oh, good. I'm, tw- I'm, I'm 60 kilograms. Nobody says that here. It's, uh, it's the same it, thing like it, it is in the it. States. Okay. Got it. All right. So picture this, okay? 5'9", 150, ninth grade. 6 foot 170, 10th grade. 6 3, 2, 10, 11th grade. Wow. 6 4, 250, senior year. And then 6'5", 265, 6'5", 285, 6'5", 295, 6'5", 310. And then my second year, I was 325 in the NFL. Hmm. So in high school, I was averaging three inches and 30 pounds a year, basically, for my four years of high school. So I bring that up to tell you that I used to go to Subway and get two footlongs double meat and add bacon and eat them both. Two foot-long subs. Oh, my goodness. When I first got to the Cowboys, that was the first time I ever heard of Chipotle. And I would get two burritos and crush them both. I think that's incredible that you grew. You were 5'9 in the ninth grade, and then by the time the senior year, you were a monster. Like, uh, that's just incredible to me. I'd like to talk to your parents and about, you know what's funny about getting that? your wardrobe. Yeah. So I was always... 
I was always like a point guard in basketball. So then by my senior year, they wanted me to go down low because I was almost 6'5", 250 <laughs> at a right. small high school. They're like, dude, go down low. Like, you're the biggest guy by far. So I tried. I stunk. I was terrible. I was way better out on the perimeter. I, I had 24 three-pointers. Like, I brought the ball up. Like, I was way, way better um, doing that other stuff than I was down low because that was what I had always done my whole life because I was a late bloomer. So I didn't really start to watch what I ate. Then I went to Buffalo my fourth year and it was actually the, it was actually the opposite. Then I actually started to, um, you know, try to keep my weight a little bit lower, not really weight. I wanted to still weigh 320, but work on my body fat percentage. Cause that was a big deal in Buffalo. That's uh, how many guys you played with? I don't know. We, we got lots to talk about, but how many guys you played with Ross, especially on the offensive line struggled to eat enough? Hmm. Um, not that many on the offensive line. Um, there were more like D linemen that did that. I mean, there were guys that had to eat and force themselves to eat, but not as many as you would think. There, there's probably more guys that, had to work to keep it down. But I know guys, like I remember a guy, a D lineman that was trying to, because D linemen usually have faster metabolisms because they're more like fast twitch or whatever. Mm. So um, I remember a guy that he would set his alarm for every three hours throughout the night and then eat like three more eggs or four <laughs> more eggs. <laughs> So he'd have hard-boiled eggs. He'd eat them when he would go to bed at 10. Oh. And then he'd set his alarm for 1 a.m., get up and have like three or four more eggs, <laughs> go back to bed, set his alarm for 4 a.m., have three or four more eggs, and then get up at 7 a.m. for the day. Is there a sexier food than hard-boiled eggs? <laughs> I love hard-boiled eggs. Mm. But are they sexy? How <laughs> do you guys feel about uh, all right. Is, was it harder to hit your calorie count or to stay hydrated after some of those days down in Dallas? Um, I was never in Dallas for training camp, but I was there in the spring, but it wasn't that bad. I would say, interestingly, I would lose five to 10 pounds every training camp. Well, and, and you're like, Chugging Pedialyte and Gatorade to try to stay hydrated, and it just doesn't—it just doesn't happen. It's incredible. Um, Ross wanted to ask, uh, wanted to talk to you about uh, the Jim Harbaugh hiring with the Chargers. It's something uh, we talked about, and I, I think this is a perfect match. And I think it makes a lot of football sense, but I just think it makes a lot of sense for the organization. There's so much to do. There's so much to see in the city of Los Angeles. I think the Chargers have kind of been relevant since they moved to Los Angeles, and now that they have this guy as their head coach, be a lot more eyes on that. Is this not only a good football move, but a, just a good move by the franchise to to get maybe more butts in the seats for the Chargers? I think they needed to do something, especially since the Rams have had more success and the Rams have been, you know, the, the more popular team there. You know, the Rams obviously 
had an advantage, a distinct advantage, because they used to be in L.A., right? So that there was still a decent amount of people, you know, generationally that were Rams fans from back in the day. And then they had kids and, you know, there, there was there was at least some track record for the Rams there, which they obviously do not have in uh, in with the Chargers. So they had that leg up. And then the Rams, I think, smartly went all in right at the start because they felt like, hey, we're both going here at the same time. And there's going to be people that are football fans that are choosing which one they want to be fans of. We got to get them. We, we got to bring in the star players, you know, Odell Beckham Jr. and Jalen Ramsey and make these big splashes. And we got to win right away so that we become the team here. I think the Rams done a fantastic job of it. They really have. I mean, they've done a absolute fantastic job of it. And so now the Chargers are trying to play catch up. And I think this is, this is a good move to try to play catch up. What's a reasonable expectation for them next season? Well, that's interesting because I need to dive a little bit more. I'm not, I'm not there yet with their free agents and with their salary cap situation, mm-hmm. but they should absolutely be playoff contenders. There's no reason why they shouldn't be, but they've got, they've got some real challenges to decide whether or not they're going to go ahead and, um, you know, to take all their pain this year from the salary cap perspective mm-hmm. or try to restructure guys and try to be competitive. That's kind of their, uh, their, their challenge, their task at this point. Ross, you had uh, Greg Cosell on your pod to talk about Vic Fangio and if his defensive system still works, and now he's going to be the D.C. for the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, maybe a little bit of a tease on that chat and perhaps a thought on uh, Fangio joining the Eagles and, and leaving the Dolphins. Right. So um, thank you, by the way, for bringing that up. Uh, yeah, so it's really interesting on, on multiple levels, right? So two years ago when the Eagles went to the Super Bowl, you know, I think Fangio was very involved with that team and that defense. And I think Fangio, you know, was a big reason why the Eagles had some success on defense. Big reason. And so I think that – and I think the Eagles probably wanted him to be the D coordinator the next year if Gannon left. I think he probably wanted to be. But it looked like Gannon was going to stay. And then so – Fangio wanted a job somewhere, so he became the highest-paid D coordinator in the league with the Dolphins. But then after that, um, it seemed like, you know, things did not go well in Miami. Or they, maybe they went okay. Yeah. Uh, but the big thing is, is Fangio's from Eastern PA like me. His family's in Eastern PA. That's where he wants to be. He's an older guy. Like, he's got kids and grandkids that's where he wants to be and so I think the Dolphins realized that that he never would have been there in the first place if if the Eagles had been able to hire him last year so this kind of works out for everybody in that regard I don't know that it was a great fit with the Dolphins and Fangio doesn't want to be there and the Eagles want him what the, the chat with Greg Cosell that was interesting is there's a lot of conversation about whether or not 
you know, teams have sort of figured out the Fangio defense, you know, Hmm. and whether or not people know what to do now with the Fangio defense, which I thought was really um, interesting. Greg Cosell thought that that was too, too strong of a word. Hmm. Um, After what happened Sunday between the Bills and the Chiefs, should Buffalo be trying to hire Bill Belichick as their next head coach? Um, that's a good question. I think that the Bills should consider what they could do to improve. And I think that Belichick, being a guy that could potentially get them over the hump, is one of the things that they should consider. Yes, I don't think they'll do it hmm. because they had a great comeback from being 6-6 six and six and won the division and won a playoff game. They're not going to – I'd be surprised if they fired uh, McDermott after that. But do I think it should be a consideration? Yeah, I do. Ross, I know you had some fun kicking the hornet's nest that is San Francisco 49ers fans yesterday with Brock Purdy being a system quarterback on uh, the old X app there. Uh, I guess could you just preview this championship game? Do the Lions have enough superstars to compete with the 49ers? And and what are we going to think about Brock Purdy after this game? Yeah, it's unbelievable, by the way. Like, those <laughs> tweets really, really crack me up. Because to me, it's like, if you're paying attention at all, you know it's a hilarious joke. Because all these people are calling him system quarterback, system quarterback. He's not really talented. Well, Trey Lance was supposed to be super talented, and he did nothing in that system. So I post that, and people – it's like a sociological experiment. People don't <laughs> even read the whole thing. They just want to disagree and reply and be angry without even reading it to realize it's a funny joke. It's actually remarkable. Um, I think Purdy's a really good quarterback. And I think Purdy is going to play much better against the Lions than he did against the Packers because I think he's good. I don't think he'll have two bad games in a row. And the Lions really struggle at the cornerback position. I will say this, though. You know, the Debo Samuel thing is big. Yeah. Really big. We talked about that on the Even Money Betting Podcast with my guy, Steve Fezzik. It's significant when he's not in the lineup. Steve Fezzik said on Even Money Betting Podcast that it's a one-and-a-half to two-point difference, Debo Samuel. That is never the case mm. with non-quarterbacks. Never. Wow. But they average two yards per play more when they have Debo. So his effectiveness and ability on Sunday is huge. Uh, are you okay for a couple more minutes here, or do you got to run? One more minute. Okay. Um how important is this game for Lamar Jackson on Sunday? Gigantic. Yeah, gigantic. I mean, if he wins it, he gets to a Super Bowl, puts him in a different category. He's a guy that has shown he can get his team to a Super Bowl. If he loses it, it he can't measure up to Mahomes in the game that ma- in the games that matter. And you know, he's just not an elite quarterback and won't be until he can get it done in January and get a team to the Super Bowl. It's huge for his legacy. How long until Jason Kelsey takes his shirt off? Ooh, I don't know. That's a good question. Um, 
Does he do that again, or is that like mm. does that become a little bit cliche if he does that? You know what he should do, guys? What? Foam dome? Jason Kelsey, oh. with all the attention he gets, he should get his wife, Kylie, yeah. a story written all about how amazing she is <laughs> Man. at myfrontpagestory.com for Valentine's <laughs> Day. I don't think he'll be able to get up to the House of Pizza in Okotoks anytime soon to take her out there. So instead, Jason should go to myfrontpagestory.com and get a story written all about how amazing Kylie is. He gets all the publicity. She deserves a little something. They have three little girls that she's taking care of. Why not have a writer write an amazing handwritten story with pictures? Looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper at myfrontpagestory.com. Don't take your shirt off, Jason. Go to myfrontpagestory.com. You will never regret it. Ross, you silky smooth son of a gun. <laughs> Thanks for this, pal. We'll talk to you next week. We'll tee up the Super Bowl. That's fun. Pro Bowl. Oh, will you guys be there? No. no, no, <laughs> no yeah, no. I wish. I wish. Maybe oh, Tom's also pizza. You, gonna, I think you said, we'll see you at the Super Bowl. I was like, oh, sweet. Yeah, I said, we'll tee up the Super Bowl. I wish we were going to the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. Uh, that sounds like I just stirred up the hornet's nest there. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. com. Bye. All right, see ya. <laughs> Ross Tucker. NFL analyst, <laughs> Frost Tucker Podcast, CBS Sports, Westwood One. Brought to you by Tom's House of Pizza. Pizza made to perfection with locations in Calgary and Okotoks. Why yep. aren't we going to the Super yeah, Bowl? Why aren't we Art? Pat? Art? Yeah. We, we can't be on Radio Row? Talk about guys who would stick out like I would a love sore to thumb. Be there. Holy oh crap. my goodness. Us knuckleheads on Radio Row at the Super Bowl. And, and they who just... are you guys exactly? Uh, we're from Calgary, from Sportsnet 960. Where they have a radio station there? Yes, you guys and have we talk inter- about the sports. You guys have internet yet? Yeah, we like we'd be at like Radio Row and like, what are you guys talking about today? Adam Rzitska got picked up by the Ducks. <laughs> oh, there's Dan Marino. He just walked by. So, what do you think Adam Rzitska will do with the Anaheim Ducks? No, no, sorry, we don't have time to chat with Debo. Uh, the Flames just traded uh, seven defensemen, so we gotta, yeah. we gotta really yeah, dive into this. Um, we gotta break the news. Um, for that. Oh look, oh look, Josh Allen just walked by. Nick D. Simone has been cleared waivers, and he'll play with the Wranglers. That's cleared be, waivers. Cleared waivers. That would be our. Uh, Radio Row at the Super Bowl. <laughs> It'd be fun. Looking it, forward to and it. And it's only in Las Vegas. I'm sure that's not a time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it'd be boring. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like going to Minneapolis for the Super Bowl, practically. Oh. Or when it was in Indy. Yeah. Indy Detroit. Was, Detroit was, yeah. Yeah. They should, you know what? Buffalo should get the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Play outdoors. Let's Lake do it. Effect snow. Let's they do did it. it. They did it in New York for 50. Yeah, they won't do that. That's a Roger Goodell thing. You build a new stadium and get the Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen in Buffalo. New York was the only northern climate that was ever going to get a a Super Bowl outdoors. That was fun. The game wasn't. Yeah. (laughs) When that ball flew over Peyton Manning's head. First play of the game. Wow. Safety. (laughs) First scoring thing, safety. And people are just cashing tickets like you wouldn't believe. All right. 100 on it. No big deal. Um, Give me interesting football. On uh, Sunday. We're doing best bets tomorrow, right? Yes. Okay, championship Sunday. Which game's first? Uh, Chiefs-Ravens. Okay. Because um, I think that that game is important to Lamar Jackson. You think it is uh, more than 50 million watch it? Because more than 50 watch yes. the Bills-Chiefs. The Swifty factor. Yeah. I don't know if she's going to... Yeah, I think she'll, she'll be, be there. there. The problem is when she's... when If the Chiefs win and get to the Super Bowl, she has a concert in Japan. She'll be there. 
You think she's going to... F- okay, so she... Because the concert will technically be Saturday afternoon in the in the States. Yeah. She ha- can fly and be there for Sunday at 4.30. In Vegas. In Vegas. She'll be, private there bird. The, she'll be there if the Chiefs... She has no no shame in using that private bird. So, yeah, uh, yeah she, if the Chiefs are in there, she'll be there. Hmm. Do you imagine that? You Oh, so I'm in Japan, so my boyfriend's playing in the Super Bowl. I'm just going to jump on a bird and get to Las Vegas as quickly as possible. You know, it's... If that's your, if that's what you're into, I guess, <laughs> you know, being able to travel over the world at the drop of a hat. Yep, making billions of dollars, have your own plane, do whatever you want, essentially. Yep. Mm. Um, straight ahead, sure, it's fine. Uh, there's three things we got to get to. What's that? Uh, you didn't play an interesting Bo Bichette clip. I didn't, but we'll do that to wrap up this hour. He hung out with our friend Jeff Blair and Kevin Barker, friends. Our uh, friend, friends. Okay, yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah. You friends have to guess <laughs> yeah, which one, which one's our friend. <laughs> Um, you shouldn't boo Johnny Goudreau tonight. We'll tell you why. Okay. And, uh, there was a play in the game against the blues that I really wanted to talk about. And then it totally slipped my mind and I want to bring it up today. Was it when Michael Backlund lost his skate blade? No, it was when Michael Backlund missed a wide open net and hit the glass. No, it wasn't that play. It was another play that kind of flew under the radar that I want to get both your opinions on. Okay. All right. We'll do that next. It's the big show. Russick and Rose Sportsnet 960. The fan. Live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. That's some breaking news about the top prospects game. What a perfect time to have Jason Bukula coming up at the top of the hour, Patrick. Yeah, uh, Jeff Merrick. Uh, you'll hear him in a few hours here on the Jeff Merrick Show. Uh, sounds like last night's uh, CHL-NHL top prospects game will be the final one. Mm. Look for the event to be replaced with a two-game series between the best po- prospects in the CHL versus the best prospects in the United States, whether that's NCAA or USHL. That's awesome. I like it. That sounds a lot better. Oh, yeah. A lot better. I mean, the top prospects game is definitely kind of gone the wayside since they really stopped doing the team or team first team cherry. Yeah. Like they didn't even have team or and cherry when it was here last in 2014. It was uh flames, former flames coach players mm. coaching the teams. Yeah. Like I've said, it's, it's an event that I think is mostly for the scouts. And yeah. It's, it's to add another little layer after you've watched these guys, the world juniors and at the Ivan Holinka mm-hmm. and, and that type of thing. So yeah, yeah it's, that's interesting, though. That's that's neat because yeah. I think that uh, as much as you know, some people might be in denial about it. The Americans are right there, oh, yeah. As far as their development, for well, and that's right something now. we had Jason Buchalon talking about how they're ahead yep. of what Canada is doing right now in developing players. Uh, we'll talk to Books coming up at the top of the hour. Um, Flames and Blue Jackets tonight. Johnny Goudreau making his uh, return again to Calgary for the second time after ripping the hearts and showing it to Flames fans after signing in Columbus of all places. But he'll be back tonight on the ice. And there's a lot of atmosphere last season when he was here <laughs> in the building. Yeah. Uh, the Boo Birds were out in full force. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a fun night. Yeah. And the Flames ended up winning. So it was good. Lots of boos for Johnny Goudreau when he touched the puck every time. Very different from when Matthew Kachuk was in town. Mm-hmm. Because people are like, boo, but we're like, ah, oh, we still like you. Damn you, Matthew Kachuk. But Johnny Goudreau was like, no, we hate you. Boo, boo, boo. <sighs> they weren't like, that's that, what it was. They weren't that different. 
Like, I think the Matthew Kachuk conversation online was very different to the one that actually happened in stadium. When, like, when Matthew Kachuk returned, every time he punched, touched the ice, every yeah. time he touched the puck, it was pretty similar to Johnny mm. Gaudreau. I would say that his uh, ovation during the tribute video yep. was more resounding than Johnny's, but then as soon as it was over, they went right back to booing the guy. I'm still surprised they didn't do a Stetch Dog tribute. Yeah, that was disappointing. Sure. He did score three goals for the Flames. I wanted nice to see those highlights again because I really enjoyed Troy Stetcher with the Flames last season. I wonder if he uh, he shunned him in the offseason. Um, there's something I want to talk about Goudreau, and uh, there's something that happened in the game against the Blues. So uh, let's do something about the, the Blues game that I wanted to talk to you guys about, and it was such a tiny like little play that really nobody really noticed, but I want to get your opinion on it, and it's too bad the chronolist wasn't in studio yesterday because I want to talk about it. Did you see the part in the first period? It was early. Sharon Govich had a chance in tight, doesn't score. And Jordan Bennington got his stick into the hands of Sharon Govich. Why is the goalie free of hitting, slashing a guy in the hands when the weakest, we saw Torpchenko get one of the weakest stick penalties you ever got. Hmm. When Bennington literally slashed Sharon Govich in the hands and doesn't get called. Shouldn't the goalie not be exempt from getting that penalty like everyone else is? Do you know the play I'm talking about early in the first period? I can't recall it off the top of my head. I don't know if it didn't register for me or, or whatnot, but like, I would venture a guess to say that that was just a missed call, like a blown call. But have you ever because seen a goalie getting a stick to the hands slashing or hooking penalty? That's kind of what I'm asking you. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've seen one. Yeah. Like you but, see but it you like, see it when they hack like the legs, ankles yeah. and knees yeah. and that type of but, thing all the time. But to get the hand up into the stick up into the hands, that first was textbook. Off, first off, like you have to get out of the natural goalie position to achieve this attack. Sure. Which first off, why? Yeah. You got another job to do. Make a save. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, he probably should have been penalized for the play. Yeah, it was like a perfect storm of one. Because Sharon Govich, that's the side of that, and Bennington literally gets a stick right up in his hands. No call. Hmm. And then Torbchenko gets that horrendous stick to the and then went into a shorthanded goal. You know, puck don't lie. But that was such a horrendous call. And then all of a sudden, like, that was blatant stick to the hands. I hate that penalty to begin with. It's mm. so soft. But that was an instance where that should have been a penalty. And I just don't think we see it a lot. And But just why is the goalie exempt? Do you want to hate more? When your stick gets knocked out of your hands, like the sl like someone knocks a stick out of your hands, and it's not like a malicious slash. It's just like a little tap, like Two that one. On, not holding your stick. The one on William Nylander against the Leafs earlier this week. Yeah, where you're like, what are you doing? Like that that shouldn't be a call because he's reaching with one hand. Yeah, and a player comes and taps him on the top of the top of the stick, and it drops to like if if you break the twig, yeah, by all means. But if you're not holding onto your stick hard enough. And I can just knock it out of your hands? Yeah. What? I get two minutes because you're being soft? Yeah. Because you're a little baby? A little baby boy? Mm-hmm. Ridiculous. Don't like it. No. Nope. Yeah, I got to show you that play, and you'd be like, yeah, that's Pelly. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and like I literally it. jogged my memory last night. It well, happened in the first really early. A lot of like, things that Jordan Biddington does probably yeah, should be penalties. One of the uh, one of the first things that happened in that game, uh, again, just a tiny stupid play that popped into my head. I'm like, oh, I wanted to ask you. And then... Mm. Kind of wanted to ask Cron about it, but he had a family thing. He'll be back tomorrow. Um, Johnny Goudreau's in town tonight. We talked about it for the second time since leaving the city of Calgary to go to Columbus, of all places. Um, and I don't think you should really boo him that much tonight. I think you should pity that man. You should pity him. It's like he broke up with you, but he didn't upgrade. 
Like he thought he was going to upgrade. He didn't. Like you're in better shape. Did he? He got a better future. Did he really think he was getting an upgrade going to Columbus? Probably. He is American. I guess. I don't know. This really does feel like it was one of those situations, and I think insiders have talked about this too, where the agent overplayed his hand. And when in push came to shove, the options were essentially... Like, they called them... What if I call Columbus and see if they'll do it? They had 2-7 offsuit when they were called their bluff. Has that happened? Yeah. Like, didn't this thing come together because they signed Erica Branson, and then, like, one of the AGMs was talking to Branson, and he was like, hey, by the way, Johnny would come. And they were like, what? And they got him on the horn, and boom, signed him. But if that hadn't happened, what would it have been? Would yeah. he have sat around and waited like Nassim Kadri? And, and again, there's there's so many stories that have been told about what actually happened. But you and I know for a fact that um, there's people in his life who told him to stay in Calgary. That you stay in Calgary, you'll be revered forever. They'll probably retire your sweater one day. You're going to be a god in the city of Calgary. And I think Don't he, leave. I think and, he oh, understood by the way, that too. Yeah, and by the way, uh, you get the extra year of dough. Maybe you should stay. And then he understood that. That's why it took yeah. to the 11th hour for him to make his decision. Yeah. And <laughs> Patrick's doing a, I don't know. A what, what was that? He's banging doing, the hammer? No, he's that? not. No, he's not. He's oh. doing a specific oh, okay. thing. That's, yeah. Yes, he's doing a specific gesture. Yeah, okay. If we had cameras in here, I'd be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> um, one day, I think, we'll have cameras in here. Exactly. <laughs> one day. Um, but here, you should pity... Johnny Goudreau. You should even boo him. You'd be like, oh, that's too bad, Johnny. And just look at him that way. I think we should open up the text line, 960-960, name and location. I pity Johnny Goudreau like I pity blank. Oh, okay. I pity Johnny Goudreau like I pity blank. 960-960, name and location. We'll do these at 830. <laughs> this would be a lot easier if the Flames were having the Oilers season. Yeah. <laughs> but again, like... The Flames are tooth and nail to get the probably yeah. not going to be a playoff team. They're in the middle of a retool, rebuild, whatever the hell you want to call it. Yet it's still a better situation than what he has in Columbus. Yeah, they got because where are they? Yeah, they got some good young players, but are I, they even? I like Adam Fantilli, and I think if you get rid of Yarno Kikalainen in there, I think that Yarmo? can help. Yarmo, I think that can help a lot out situation wise too. Okay, uh, I I like what Kikalainen's done, but the coaches have been rough. You know, it's going from. I mean, you get you have Babcock in, you bring him in well, here, it's going to change everything. And then and Babcock eh. felt like kind of like a last ditch. Like, okay, we've tried basically everything else. Maybe you this should have signed Pascal Vincent originally to be your head coach, and maybe it's not such an awkward situation. Well, I also don't think Vincent's making the best decisions as far as Boone Jenner plays a lot on that team. Sure. <laughs> David Juracek has been a scratch for like six games. He was like the fifth uh, overall pick a couple of years ago. What are you doing? Send him to the A or play him. Your team is terrible. Who cares? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know the guy very well, and I don't watch much Columbus hockey, but a couple of things from the outside, that would be my thoughts. And we'll see it tonight. Yeah. But you should pity Johnny Goudreau. He's and a guy should... that could have been, he could have had it all here. And you should be excited for the return of Erica Branson. You love him so much. <laughs> yeah. What's not to love? No, I'm, I'm just saying he's a guy that you really miss here with the Calgary yeah, Flames. Every time. Yeah. Look at this third pair. What do you mean? Could be Oliver Shillington tonight. It could be, which is very exciting. Which is but very exciting. But I, I also should. It's important to add the caveat. 
Erica Branson got the bag. And yes. Good for him. Did. Right. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, he and did. that's a feel-good story. Because you're like, hey, we couldn't pay you that dough here. At least you got it somewhere else. Exactly. Right. Johnny yeah. Gujuro's like, actually, you could have made more money if you <laughs> stayed here. Yeah. You knucklehead. <laughs> and you could have, you know, been a god here for years and years and years. Yeah. And, and the team probably would have been less in flux than they are right now. Because you feel like you've got an actual game breaker talent wise, and after that you can kind of work around it offensively. So whatever. Again, with what with how McKenzie the Uyghur has been playing, mm. the trade doesn't look as terrible as it did even a few months ago. Hey, what if Cole Schwint turns into a guy, a fourth line guy? Sure, middle six guy. I think he's got more than bottom. I think he could okay. play middle six for sure, sure. But this this is more about the weak dog. Yeah, really being a guy. Who's... No, but my my the point overall here is that yeah, the the parts they got back are pretty solid. Yeah, and you're gonna have a first round pick in 25 here. And again, we're not defending the Huberto contract because it's still one of the worst in the NHL, and that's just the that's the reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. But he has been better lately. He has yeah. been more effective. Extremely, yeah, yeah. He wasn't on Saturday, but Tuesday was more more better. The yeah. one chance that, he was more better. The one chance they had yeah. on the power play, the Such pass to Sharon Govich was. Yeah. Yeah, and he's made some great passes. Yeah. And the power play looks a lot better when he's there. And he's creating some things. He and feels you can just, more you can just confident see more, when yeah. the puck's on his stick. Confidence. He looks a lot more confident than he's he He's not, like, constantly looking down to see where the puck is. You know, there's just little things that he's kind of been able to work in. And uh, it's good to see them starting to roll like this. Man, you uh, you guys... Um we haven't opened up the text line in a while. All of a sudden, just blues. Oh just yeah, blues up. It I blues miss up. these guys. It blew yeah. up. Yeah. Um, miss you guys. Thanks for I coming pity back. Johnny Goudreau, like I pity blank. Um, I pity Johnny, like I pity Matt and crew for having to work with George. Jeremy, that's not nice. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. Got I him. Would, I got you, bro. I would like to be George right about now. Keep him rolling in 960, 960, name and location. I pity Johnny Goudreau like I pity blank. And again, just right away you think of Mr. T. I pity the fool. I pity the fool. Yeah, he's uh, expecting another child in the next month or so. That's nice. A second kid. Yeah, congratulations. Congratulations, Johnny. Yeah. But again, like, has that guy even played his way off of Team USA? Yeah, I think so. Like a guy that was a lock. To be on Team uh, USA, the amount of American talent that is out there. Well, that's that's yeah. what I mean. Who's played themselves off more, Johnny Gaudreau or Tage Thompson? Ooh, both probably wouldn't make my team. One of them has. Who's played themselves more off their national team, Johnny Gaudreau or Jonathan Huberto? Well, Huberto easily. I think you because um... Huberto was a lock to be on Team Canada for a best on best. Hmm. Pretty close. I would say pretty close. I would say Johnny Gaudreau because, like, Gaudreau should be there. Like, yeah. I, I know he's had a bad year, but I would still put him on the team. Like, obviously, I don't have the list in front of me of who potentially would be on a Team USA it's, on a best on It's best. a long list. I've done it before because I love the, I love the exercise. You love that kind of stuff? Yeah, yeah. Running it on, like, a cocktail napkin? Yeah, you got, like, Matthews. You got the Tuka Chucks. You got Jack Hughes. You got, you know, uh, Tage Thompson. Kyle Connor. Kyle Con- Connor. Yeah. Uh, we're missing so many guys so right many now. That we're missing. Really good American JT players. Miller. JT Miller. I always just start going through the division. Jack Hughes. Yes, Hughes. Yeah, Hughes. Jason Robertson. Yeah, Robertson's over Goudreau. Um, Brock Besser. Meh. But scoring like, a, great. scoring like crazy, man. Having a great season. <laughs> 
Like, if we're talking this tournament, like, th this time next year? Yeah. Like. Matthews. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. Kachuk brothers, obviously. We mentioned those. They're all on the team. Eichel. Yep. Uh, yeah, Kyle he's Connor, a lot. Tage Thompson, Kachuk, Keller, Larkin, Gensel. Um, I don't know if Gensel. Debrinket. You say Keller? Yeah. Larkin definitely over. Well, he's also a centerman, and, and yeah. that's one thing that I don't think they have yeah, a ton but, of. They yeah, but a lot, lot of, wingers. Lot, again, Team Canada has done that. When you just move centermen Would to, you rather to have Cole wing. Caulfield or Johnny Gaudreau on that team? Cole Caulfield. Yeah. I don't even think it's particularly close. Homer. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's close. That's a homer take. Cole Caulfield can score. But Johnny's had a 40-goal season. Yeah. Cole Caulfield has not. Well, who's more likely to score 40 goals now? On their current team? Yeah. Cole Caulfield? Yeah. That's what I mean. Well, On a good Coffee team? young. Yeah. Yeah. And he's done it in the playoffs, too. He's done. He scored big goals in the clutch. Johnny Goudreau? Uh, well, he had the biggest he had the goal. overtime goal. Yeah, the overtime against Dallas. <laughs> but outside of... Yeah, outside of that, it's... He was exactly. kind of a ghost a little bit. Yeah, it, it was in the bubble, too. Like, yeah. Okay, so down. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was the bubble. Weird. Hated remember the we, bubble. And it was in the summer? Yeah. Boy, did I it's like it never happened back then. That's what? just like it's just all like it never happened. Yeah, it was like a fever dream. I forgot yeah. everything about yeah. those two years of NHL hockey. Yeah, it's like it's like uh it's like the Lakers championship in the bubble. You're like, eh. hey, I know the Raptors least... I know the Raptors were super good in the bubble. Yeah. And they lost to the Celtics, I think, in the semis. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, in the game seven. Hmm. I pity Johnny Goudreau, like I pity blank. Nine sixty, nine sixty, name and location. Uh, we'll do these at eight thirty and then we'll do our lock of the day. After we talk to Jason Bukla coming up at the top of the hour. Do you have that Bo Bichette clip we didn't get I to? I sure do. Yeah, I like mixing in a little baseball talk because we, we talked about this off air. Pitchers and catchers soon. Once the Super Bowl's over, all of a sudden you hear like pitchers and catchers going to report. I saw a tweet from the Blue Jays. They have their first spring training game in a month today. Those trucks are going to be... Phillies? I have no idea. Like we'll the bring Phillies 19 times during spring. The Phillies or the Braves or something. The, the Rays, I mean. Pirates, the Yankees. Pirates, yeah. Mm. Rays. Mm -hmm. yep. All those Florida-based teams. Phillies. Yes! <laughs> Nailed it. Yes. And then the next day, the Yankees. All right. And then the Pirates. Is there a better spring name than Nailed Legends it. Field for the Yankees? Oh, they play in Tampa? Yeah. I love Boston's because they made it like a mini Fenway. Yeah, it's super smart. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so Boba Shit joined Blair and Barker yesterday. I'm Just a, a little chat. Guys. Yeah, we're, they're our friend. Yes. <laughs> Singular. <laughs> Uh, he joined them for just a nice little off-season chat, and uh, this clip is interesting because it's initially he's asked about the Shohei Otani sweepstakes and, and how he was reacted to it, but he actually gives the names of a couple of players that he would like to see the the Jays Ooh. go after in free agency. So it's it's just about a minute long. Uh, have a listen after Bobuchet was asked about the Otani saga. So Otani, I mean, I was I was definitely invested. Um, you know, so I felt the pain that I saw the fan base was, was feeling. Um, to be able to play with a player like that was something that, you know, obviously excited everybody. Um, but at the end of the day with our team, you know, I think there's no doubt in my mind that we have everything we need to win. Um, it comes down to, well, one, I mean, everybody living up to their potential. You know, I haven't um, done what I'm capable of doing. team hasn't done what, you know, we're capable of doing. There's another level of professionalism and discipline and consistency that we need to get to. And I believe that if we do that, we have everything we need. Now, that doesn't mean to say that I don't want 
some really great players out there to come help us. Um, I think that just as players striving to be the best we can be and striving to win World Series, I think that should be the case for the whole organization. But, um, you know, there's great players out there. JT, Justin Turner, and JD Martinez are two guys that come to my mind, uh, veteran bats that, you know, can really help not just on the field but off the field as well. When do you ever hear a guy giving you specific examples on who they should sign? Like that's, right? That's a guy that loves the Blue Jays and wants to be a Blue Jay for the rest of his career. And I think is that what you glean from that? Clip? I, I kind of glean that. Like you wouldn't like he's kind of been that he was anointed the face of the franchise last year, kind of. And he is with with Vlad kind of going. Mm. Yeah. Um, no, I think this is a guy he knows the business well, and he and he talks about two guys that have yeah. won in this league before mm-hmm. in Ju- in Justin Turner and J D Martinez, who the Jays don't have any. They have, I guess, they have like Kevin Kiermeyer, who hasn't won really won a World Series. Kevin Kiermeyer, but he's been around. But they haven't really. And George Springer, I guess, is the one guy that has sure. the rings. But yeah, when he knew what pitch was coming, exactly. So <laughs> bring in the guys that you know have won, and this is an it's true. And I think the division is still for the taking. Like it is still a wide open AL East. I know the Orioles are coming with. Jackson Holiday's the next one. No, the, the Orioles are stacked. <laughs> so, oh, it's yeah. ridiculous. Like, the gotta, fact that the Orioles have surpassed the Blue Jays in young, up-and-coming talent is so frustrating for Blue Jays fans. And I get it. He and it's t- not like they were bad for that long. The yeah. Orioles were not a bad team for that long. Yeah, and I love the fact that he's talking about J.D. Martinez and Justin Turner. problem is they hit right-handed. Yeah. Yeah. Well, God, for the love but of it, God, it, somebody it, please bring in a power left-handed bat. Go sign... Go sign Cody um, Bellinger. Cody Bellinger. Bellinger. <laughs> Just go sign him. They need Cody Bellinger. Power left-handed bat, like, top of the lineup. It's amazing how like it's just yeah. gone dead around. I mean, Araldis yeah. Chapman just signed. Here a, you go. A one Here, year here's your Pirates. lineup: Springer, Bo, Bellinger, Vlad. Done. Boom. On paper, it's not like, bad. Yeah. Yeah, you're like that's pretty damn good. <laughs> Probably gonna win you a few games. Yeah. Yes. Most likely. Yeah. Put that power left-handed bat. Split them up right in the middle Feels there. Like, yeah. There's been Do nothing, it. No, nothing on Bellinger. The Cubs maybe circling back, but but again, it, it's one of those things where sometimes the guy's just waiting out the market, and eventually he'll get his money. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, come like well, he's also desperate. A, I he's think a, we're gonna hit a rush here with a lot of these guys because they're gonna say oh, February's coming. I mm-hmm. want to be in a spot. He's also a Boris client, right? Yeah, so he's waiting for the dough, and they help. There's, Bor- there's yeah, there's. Listen, if we know the game plan of the agent, if you're a baseball player, like why wouldn't you want that guy to be your agent? He gets you the absolute most money. And that's the one thing about baseball and baseball players. Um, it's it's so much different for agency than any other sport. They will play on the moon if you give them an extra dollar. Oh, they yeah. They do not care. The, There's no thing, oh, playing Canada, play. Shohei wanted to play in Los Angeles. That's fine. But the Blue Jays did sign George Springer mm-hmm. like because they gave him the most dough. Russell Martin, the good old Canadian boy, you know why he signed with the Blue Jays? They gave him the extra year. Kevin Gosman. Yeah. Kevin got, yeah. Oh, the guy really uh, loved the Blue Jays. Yeah. I love them when they give me all that dough. Yeah. Like, that's what it is in baseball. You just pony up and just pay them the most money. They will play for you. It doesn't matter where it is. And their whole union is built on that. Go chase that money. Go make as much money as possible. No hometown discounts. No Tom Brady hometown discounts to help your team win. No, I want to make the most money possible. That's baseball free agency. It's how it is. It's how it's always been. And the numbers would reflect that. Yes. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Nope. Different sports. 
different strokes. You know, yeah. I think it's also relevant that you know you look at the player pool and where a lot of the players originate from. Yeah, it's a significantly well, smaller amount of North American players when you measure it up against the other, you know, big sports in North America. You know, the NHL is primarily Americans and Canadians. The NFL is primarily Americans. The NBA is primarily Americans and some Europeans as well. Mm-hmm. And then MLB is a lot of. You know, South America, Latin, Latin America, that yep. type of thing. So, yeah, it's, it's a little bit different. You don't have the same type of, you know... It's kind of like soccer in that way. Loyalty to the same type of organization. Yeah, go yeah. make the most money. Yeah. Like, we, yeah. we all... I think go to we, the league that makes you the most yeah, money, right? We, we all snook, uh, snookered. Snickered. Uh, snickered? Yep. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. When um, the Rangers signed uh, Marcus Simeon and, and, and Corey Seager. It's like, oh, look at them. Just <laughs> wasting away. Won yeah, a world, world championship. Yeah, <laughs> like a team that always has sucked for years and years and years gets a world championship for the first time. Mm. Why? Uh, they went in free agency and spent. And those two guys are like, you know what? And they've got a disgusting youth system in the, yeah. the range. But it's as like, well. what did they do? Like those guys really cashed yeah. in. And how much did the Blue Jays miss Marcus Simeon? A lot. I is think. there a sport that you can just go out and buy a team more so than baseball and actually have it succeed? Uh, because well, soccer would be that team. Th- well, yeah. uh, as I quick, yeah, uh, as a quick turnaround fix, I don't think so. Like the yeah. NHL, it never works. No, no because the they have team, a hard cap. I mean, basketball went through a super team era. That's that. That's definitely got to be one. Yeah, you go and spend like Miami just spent a boatload of money on LeBron and and Bosh, and then they ended up winning two rings. Yeah, but you could also look at Brooklyn, and they did the exact they same thing, and that was yeah. a disaster. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, but Golden but State Phoenix, it, up for Phoenix Kevin it hasn't worked out. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. like I I, yeah. I agree with you, GVP. Yeah, well, the NBA is probably the next closest one. Lakers did it with AD. Yeah. yeah, but we have seen some examples as well of, you know, Brooklyn. Like, the thing is, in the NBA, it happens all the time. Yeah, Every year, someone does this. In the other sports, it doesn't happen as often. Like, I think back to uh, when the Wild got Parisian Suter. Um, yeah. That one summer, the Eagles had a crazy thing. Vince Young and all those players, they were telling the super yeah. team, well, the Eagles, uh, again, in 2011. It's, it's, it's all, like, with the salary cap, but you guys don't remember. You guys were too young, but... The reason why the Niners and the Cowboys was always the oh, yeah. pseudo Super Bowl. There's no salary cap. There's no the salary cap. Hmm. Those salary teams cap spent the all the bank. Yeah. Up until like Deion Sanders, like, oh, I just won a Super Bowl with the Niners. I'm going to the play for the Cowboys. Funny how the Super Bowl. Funny how the Cowboys' last Super Bowl came in the last year that the salary cap wasn't yeah, around because they could spend the most money. Exactly. Yeah. The Red Wings' but, success but, under uh, Ken Holland exactly. came before the salary cap, no, and that was hilarious when Brendan Shannon talked about. Well, we were at the Red Wings, actually, Brendan. <laughs> they didn't have a salary cap, so you guys got everybody. Yeah, it's but completely it just different. and that kind of makes you laugh about how inept the Maple Leafs have been for years. They were spending all this dough and still couldn't win <laughs> a damn thing because they were just spending it in all the wrong places. All right, Jason Bukla. On that interesting news about the uh, the CHL playing the NCAA prospects which I think is going to be a good idea. It would be. We'll talk to Books about that. Um, what else do you want to ask Books about? Yakumchuk. Yep. Mm. Uh, Carson Wetch. Yep. Berkeley Catton. Caden Lindstrom. I like Berkeley Catton. We'll ask him. I um, like Caden Lindstrom. How far away are the Blue five Jackets center? from being a, a contender? Sure. Because Johnny <laughs> Goudreau signed there. How far away? What's 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 the ETA? Yeah. On the, Tell on me, the give me, give the me a ballpark on when they're going to be relevant again. I think his answer is going to be maybe disappointing to you. Okay. Because they got some good pieces. You think there. it'll be sooner than later? Yes. Uh, it depends okay. on what you define as sooner than later. Do Three you years? A dec- you should just do that to him. Three years is an hey, interesting Bukes. time. Huh? Yeah. I All usually right. just send him audio messages of that whenever okay. I'm wondering about something. Okay. <laughs> 
Who actually uses voice Yakub text? Chuck? Who actually does that? Voice text? A few people do. I they do. Sometimes. Long. Yeah. yeah. When I'm trolling with my boys. Oh, okay. Or when I have to send a happy birthday. Mm. Always voice text. And now on iPhone, they, they, uh, they spell out. Like, if you don't want to listen to it, you yep. can try to make out what the transcript of oh. what they said. All right. Jason Bukla next. 960, 960 on the text line. I pity Johnny Goudreau like I pity blank. I pity Johnny Goudreau like I pity blank. 960, 960. We'll do those at 830. It's the Big Show. Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960. The fan.